0: This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Good morning. Our second reading of scripture comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 through 18. The Apostle Paul says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's bow for prayer. Gracious God, we do thank you for this day that you have made, and what a glorious day it is. Any day that we are alive is a glorious day. And we pray that you'd help us to be open to what you have for us. Guide and direct our thoughts, our meditations, our hearts together here today. Amen. Over the past several weeks, Pastor Sarah and others have been focusing on God's kingdom taking a closer look at some of the character traits, some of the qualities, some of the kingdom values that God looks for in his people, and that the Bible emphasizes as important and very useful in God's kingdom. And on this Sunday before Thanksgiving, I want us to consider one additional quality, one additional characteristic that I believe God looks for in his people, Not just at Thanksgiving, but all throughout the year. And that is thankfulness. It seems that we live in a day and a time when people are constantly complaining about one thing or the other. Constantly constantly blaming others for their problems. Always finding fault with this or that. I read about a man who was a constant complainer. And he was always at his happiest when he had something to gripe about. Maybe some of you know people like that. Maybe you're like that sometimes. One night, he and his wife were invited to a banquet in which everything that could go wrong, in his eyes, did go wrong. The man felt the speeches were boring, the food was lousy, the drinks were bad, the service was terrible. Worst of all, he was sitting at a table he didn't want to be sitting at with people he didn't want to be sitting with. was a bit of a draft. He was afraid he was going to get a cold. And all throughout the evening, this man grumbled and complained. When the banquet was finished, one of the waiters came over to this man's wife. She was sitting next to him, and he said, she was sitting next to him, and he said very apologetically, I couldn't help but notice that your husband was terribly upset. I do hope he will forgive us. We wanted so much for him to have, a good time his wife looked at the waiter and replied oh he had a wonderful time he was able to find fault with everything (laughs) it's easy to find fault isn't it to grumble to complain I know it is for me it's not easy to be thankful in the way that we know we probably should be Debbie and I were visiting uh, our daughter and her family in Washington, D.C., three or four weeks ago. And I noticed hanging on the wall in the basement where we were staying, there was a plaque. And I, I went up to the plaque. It was actually more than the plaque. It was a board that had some writing on it. Board that had some writing on it. And what I noticed is that it was the verses from these, it was the verse that we just read a moment ago from 1 Thessalonians 5. There inscribed on it said this, this, above the fireplace, it said, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, for you. And when I saw those words, it was a reminder to me of how important it is that we cultivate a thankful attitude, a grateful heart, and how much God looks for that in our lives, and how important that is for our witness to Christ. In these verses from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul says several things, I think, that are helpful for us to think about and consider about thankfulness, not only, again, at this time of year when we're thinking about Thanksgiving, but I'll highlight just three things for you this morning. First of all, Paul says that it is indeed God's will that we be thankful that we be thankful people. What Paul says here in these verses, I think, is this, is that being thankful is not meant to be an option. It is God's, Paul says, God's will or God's desire for his kingdom people that we live our lives from the perspective of thankfulness. And the reason for this is because uh, it's the best way to live, certainly, but also because that's the way God created us to live. We are to be thankful not only for the big things but also for the small ordinary everyday things for the little things that we sometimes maybe take for granted I was reading about a Thanksgiving dinner in a nursing home and the residents were gathered together around the table and the director of the nursing home asked each person to share individually what it was they were most thankful for. And as you would expect, people said the things you would expect, you know, for family and for friends, for health. But the best thing that was shared was from a very elderly lady who said this. She said, I thank the Lord for two perfectly good teeth, one in my upper jaw and one in my lower jaw that match so that I can chew my food. Isn't that great? I mean, most of us would complain if we only had two teeth. I know I would. But for this woman, two good teeth was a reason to give thanks. It was a reason to rejoice. In our scripture lesson from Luke chapter 17, which uh, Debbie Owen read just a few moments ago, Luke describes ten lepers who approached Jesus asking to be healed. Now, this word for leprosy in the New Testament, in Jesus' day, was a term that could describe a number of infectious skin diseases that people might get. And because these skin diseases were often dangerous and contagious and made the person ceremonially unclean, at least according to the Jewish law, people tended to avoid lepers as much as possible. In fact, some lepers were required to identify themselves by yelling, unclean, as they walked down the street, as they were walking around their village, as they were seeing people. They'd have to say, unclean. Can you imagine having to do that? You're walking down your street, and you see people, and the first thing you say is, unclean, unclean. Now, given the infectious nature of these diseases and the very, that time, you can understand why this might be necessary but it certainly would be personally humiliating and certainly even worse, very isolating, wouldn't it? And yet Jesus grants their requests and he heals all 10 of them. But we are told that out of the 10 who were healed, only one comes back to thank Jesus, to thank him, only one. And here's the clincher of this story. The one who came back to thank him was a Samaritan. And if you know anything about Samaritans, you know that the Jews and the Samaritans of Jesus' day did not get along at all. And there are lots of reasons for that, and we won't go into that this morning. But they were, they were hated. The Samaritans were kind of hated. And yet we're told that it is, was this hated Samaritan who did the right thing and who showed his gratitude to Jesus. And as I was reflecting on this story And there's a whole lot more that could come from it. It reminded me that God's will for his kingdom people, for you and for me, is that we live our lives from the perspective of thankfulness. And that we show our thankfulness at every opportunity that we have. Uh, Pastor Sarah highlighted that in her heart of the matter this week about sharing thanks. Sarah, you said how many times in any given day Do you say thank you to someone who has shown you a kindness? What a great question to ask ourselves. As I was thinking about that, I was reminded of a friend that Debbie and I have. And she told us one time that the boss that she worked for for many years, I mean, she didn't just sort of do some stuff. She worked for him very closely for many years. The boss she worked for for many years never said years, never said thank you for anything she did when I heard that, I was just shocked. And I'm thinking, you you can't be serious. This was a a Christian leader, somebody, you know, that you'd think would know better, never said thank you to her. She wasn't complaining about it. She just kind of said it as as an aside one day. Um, And, you know, just so as I thought about it, I realized saying thank you, taking that opportunity to do that is such a wonderful gift that we can give to ourselves and to others. So that's the first thing. Secondly, Paul says that we not only need to be thankful people, but we also need to give thanks in all circumstances. He does not say give thanks in some circumstances. He doesn't qualify this at all. He says give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I will be the first to admit to you that this is much easier said than done in real life. I don't know about you, but in all honesty, there are some and maybe even many circumstances that I run into that I struggle to give thanks. And maybe some of you do too. I would guess few of us get up in the morning and we say to ourselves, boy, I hope I get into some bad situation or difficult situation this morning that I, so I can practice being thankful. I mean, maybe some of you do. I'd recommend you see a counselor, maybe, but... When we switched to daylight saving time a few weeks ago, uh, I was looking forward to the extra hour of sleep, as we all all of us do this time of year. We were visiting our daughter in Washington, D.C., as I mentioned earlier, and we were very tired. We'd taken the train from Boston to Washington, D.C. We were very tired, tired, looking forward to getting some extra sleep that night. Back one hour before I went to bed, as I was supposed to do, the next morning, Sunday morning, Debbie's alarm went off, And she got up. She was in the bathroom, showering and changing. It was about 6.20 in the morning. And I looked at my clock and realized that she had obviously forgotten to set her clock back the night before. I I asked her uh, that I could tell this story. so. So we were both awake an hour earlier than we needed to be. Now, is that a major issue? No. Is it a small thing? Yes. But at that moment, When I looked at my clock and realized she was up way earlier than we needed to be, I was not all that happy (laughs) of being woken up an hour earlier than I needed to. But here's the deal. As I was sitting there fuming about it, this verse came to my mind. Be thankful for what? In what? In all circumstances. And I remember thinking to myself, darn, Darn, you mean I have to be thankful even for this? Even in this situation? When she realized what she had done, or in this case, not done, Debbie said to me, it's a good thing you love me. And I said to her, yes, it's a good thing I love you. And then we went on. (laughs) That's that's a true story. Notice here, Paul does not say, give thanks for all circumstances. What does he say? He says, give thanks in all all circumstances and I think there's a difference there a big difference among other things I think what Paul is saying here is that as his kingdom people we can have confidence that God can and will use all circumstances however difficult they might be for some good in our lives God does not let any not let any situation go to waste that has the potential to deepen our spiritual growth, our discipleship, our apprentices, apprenticeship to Christ, to use the term of Dallas Willard. God never wastes any opportunity, I believe. In Romans 8:28, one of my favorite passages, Paul says, and probably, again, a, a scripture that's probably familiar to any of the, many of us, Paul says, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called According to his purpose again. I'm amazed at the fact that Paul says all things he doesn't qualify. He doesn't say some things all things Work together for good now. It's true that we might not be able to see and often don't see How God might be using a difficult situation? At the time we were actually experiencing the difficult situation often it might not ever know uh, see it in this life but that is the promise we are given as kingdom people. In all things, God works for good somehow, in some way, to draw us closer to himself, to make us more loving and compassionate people towards others, to fashion us more, more into the, his own image and likeness. He uses all things in some way, even when we can't always see it. And often we can't, especially at the time. When my older brother Steve died unexpectedly of lung cancer a year and a half ago, and I've mentioned this before, I struggled to understand how to give thanks, frankly, in that circumstance. Honestly, at some level, I'm still coming to grips with how to think about that. And I'm sure that there are some of you here this morning that have been or are in circumstances where you are struggling to understand how my God, God, to how my God, God might use it. I'm guessing most of us here. The point is, we need to learn to cultivate an attitude of thankfulness, even in less than ideal circumstances, as tough sometimes as that might be. The true test of a thankful heart, Paul says, is when, we're, when we are able to demonstrate, at least to some degree, some level, Thankfulness, even in the midst of pain and difficulty and disappointment. I was reminded of this when reading an article in Time magazine a while back about Jerry Faust, who used to be the football coach at Notre Dame. Anybody remember the name Jerry Faust? As you probably know, football is about everything at Notre Dame. Fans and alumni expect Notre Dame to win a lot of football games. I noticed last night they beat Boston College. A lot of happy Notre Dame fans. Newt Newt Rockne, one of Notre Dame's most famous and successful football coaches, used to say this. He said, one loss is good for the soul. Too many losses are not good for the coach. And that was certainly what happened with Jerry Faust, who was coach from 1981 to 1985. It was his dream job. He had one of the most dismal records, dismal records, however, at Notre Dame up to that point. He had lost more games than one, and because of it, he received all kinds of verbal abuse and hate mail from students and fans and alumni and just about everyone. And this was before the days of social media. Just think what it'd be like today. He just really got uh, skewered for um, not doing very well. His team's not doing very well. Four days before the final game of the, his contract, Faust decided he had had enough, and he gave his notice of resignation. And you, you can guess it must have been super disappointing to him that his dream job ended so poorly. But what caught my attention about this true story about Jerry Faust was the thankful attitude he displayed even in the midst of that very difficult situation. He was quoted in Time magazine as saying this, and I quote, Sometimes you don't know why these things happen. You leave it to the Almighty. I think there was a purpose for me to be here, Faust said. I enjoyed it. I had five wonderful years. I'd do it again. This got me curious because this was several years ago, so I went on the Internet recently to see where Jerry Faust was, what was happening, and, of course, he's in his 80s now, and he's been long retired from coaching from somewhere else, and he's retired from that. But this article I read said this. it It quoted Faust as saying this. The first thing I do when I go back to campus is I thank the good Lord for having had the opportunity to coach at Notre Dame. First thing I do when I step on campus now is the first thing I say, thank the Lord. Even though his time at Notre Dame did not at all go well for him by most objective standards, and even after all these years, he is still able to be thankful for how he grew as a person and what he learned from that experience. Do you have that kind of thankful heart in the midst of trying and difficult situations in your life? I know that's the question I'm asking myself. Third, the Apostle Paul says that the only way we can really give thanks, give thanks in all circumstances, the only way we can cultivate this thankful heart is by relying not on, on not on our own strength or resources or ability. But on the strength and resources and ability we get from Jesus. Paul says we, as we commit our lives to Christ and as we grow deep roots in our relationship with Him, especially through praying without ceasing, as he says in verse 17, this quality of gratitude and thankfulness begins to emerge in and through us. In Colossians 2:6 and 7, Paul says, he writes. As you, therefore, have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Isn't abounding in thanksgiving. Isn't that a great verse? That's a great verse. Twice now since we have been in New England, we have had trees fall down in windstorms right next to the house where we were staying. After a while, you get a little paranoid, like, what's this trying to tell us? Two years ago when we were in Ipswich, we were staying in a bed and breakfast, and we heard during the middle of the night a huge crash. Got up the next morning, and this massive tree had fallen right next to where we were staying, almost um, went into the dining area, just missed the area. It was remarkable. And then last spring during a windstorm, we had a tree fall right next to our bedroom, out on Parker River where we are. We heard this noise and saw a flash, and in the morning, this tree had fallen literally right, you know, if it had gone over two or three feet, it would have gone through the bedroom where we were staying. Now, I'm certainly no tree expert, but my observation has always been the trees that have shallow roots are much more down when you get a big windstorm, which we do hear a lot, right? I'm supposed to get it again tonight, I think. The more rooted we are, the more rooted trees are, and the more likely they're going to stand. Not always, but more likely. Paul says the more deeply rooted in Christ we are, the more we are able to weather the storms of life that come our way, regardless of what those storms might be. And we we all experience them. The more rooted we are in Christ, the more thankfulness begins to emerge within us, not from our strength, but from his strength within us. It is only as we sink deep roots in him and nurture our faith through prayer. Paul especially mentions constant prayer here and rejoicing, learning to rejoice. It is only as we sink our roots deeply in him that we are able to experience real joy and thanksgiving even in the midst of difficult situations. It is not something we can do very well on our own power, but we can through the power that Christ gives us through His Spirit. As most of you know, children, when they are very young, sometimes have difficulty saying words correctly. When our daughter was very young, she used to say, yunch, when she wanted lunch. It would come out, yunch, with a Y. She's good with it now. I mean, she can say lunch, it's not a problem. But lunch was just difficult for her to say. Without it coming out, yunch. And I was reading about a young child who had trouble saying thanksgiving. And whenever he would say it, it would always come out thanks living, thanks living. It seems to me he's pronouncing it correctly. He's pronouncing it correctly. That is what Paul is really talking about in these verses. Thanks living living our lives each day with a grateful attitude, a thankful heart, and for all that Christ has done and is doing for us. Let's bow for prayer. Dear God, we are reminded that we cannot do this on our own power and our own strength. We fail so often. But here's the good news. We don't have to do it on our own power and strength because you have promised to be with us to be working in our lives no matter what situations we might come upon we can look to you for help and so we do today For whatever we might be experiencing or facing that's difficult we pray that you would it's difficult we pray that you would be at work in and through us even in that situation and so Lord we are so grateful for your love for us in this and in all things. And we ask it. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.